In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the ways that we describe the proper portion or a proper amount of anything that we should use or take part in is to use the word balanced. We talk about eating a balanced diet, meaning that we eat across the spectrum of foods and the serving sizes that we need to accomplish whatever it is we're trying to work on. If you're on a diet, you might eat more of this or less of that. If you are uh, into exercising, you might also have a balanced exercise regime with days for leg muscles and days for core muscles and days for your arm muscles so that you don't always do just the exercises that you enjoy or like. That is assuming that anyone really likes exercising. We talk about work-life balance and companies and nonprofits all try to keep their employees from suffering burnout by giving them days off, insisting on working from a home, maybe a few days possible now after this coronavirus, and they even sometimes throw parties in the middle of work days if there's something to celebrate. Balance is one of those concepts that seems easy to manage, but something that in reality is sometimes much harder than it appears. Living into the Christian life also requires balance. There is an art to maintaining the balance in our spiritual lives that translates directly into our daily, or what we sometimes call secular lives. And it is this call of balance that Jesus has pointed out to Martha in our gospel today. But before we examine that passage, let us talk about what is needed for balance. In the piety movements, of monasticism and even those who went out usually into the desert to be hermits, a set of practices developed over the centuries and they found their way into both the priestly life as well as into the life of many people who are laity, people like all of you. And what we call this is the rule of life. Or if you want to think abstractly, it's the way that we live our lives both as individual Christians but then also as how we live our lives in community with each other as the church. On the individual side, the rule has an almost unbreakable pattern that was established to find the best, and best isn't the right word, but that's the word to use, the best method for us to actually make progress in our daily spiritual lives of seeking after God and becoming more faithful Christians. Some seem obvious as methods to that end. And typically, and some of this depends on the rule of life that you choose to use, there's several available. Typically, these are divided into four categories. Study, care of the body, personal prayer, and play, as in go out and play. Studies revolve around your reading of Holy Scripture, of diving not only into the Bible, but also into other works by scholars and into classes that are offered, like our forum and our formation period. And the question is always, am I truly reading Scripture 
to learn more about who God is and what God's will is for this world and for my life. Care of the body is also part of the rule. Am I getting enough sleep? Am I eating the right foods in the proper amounts? Am I staying active and exercising or have I become slothful? Because you see, our bodies are not just the physical substance that make us who we are and who we experience or how we experience the world, but Jesus himself became incarnate, took on the same flesh that we have. And now, because of the gift of the Holy Spirit, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, Spirit residing in us. And so therefore, we should take care of our physical bodies. Personal prayer. Do you pray? Do you pray daily? Do you pray either the morning or the evening or both of the offices? Do you take five or ten minutes to pray for everyone who has asked for your prayers? Or do you actually pray for those whom you have promised to pray for? And not only that, but do you ever let prayer be just that quiet moment where you listen to God instead of always telling God what you want and what you need? And then, yes, probably the most unlikely, play. Yes, play is part of the rule of life. Let me illustrate with this story. A monk in the desert once took his novices out a few miles away from the monastery to an oasis where the brothers could swim in the cool water, eat the fruit of the trees that surrounded the oasis, and have sort of a restful time before they needed to return back to the monastery to begin their evening prayers. While they're there, along comes a group of hunters, and the leader of the clan casts an inquiring eye towards the monk and says, shouldn't you be back at the monastery praying? After all, that's what you claim to do. And the monk said, well, I'll answer your question, but you need to do me a favor first. Do you see that tree over there? Can you put an arrow in that tree five feet up from the ground? And the hunter laughed and said, of course. So he draws his arrow puts from his quiver and pulls back the bow and the tension on that bow is extreme. Eventually he releases the arrow and thump, the arrow hits its mark. And the monk says, full of glee, that's outstanding. Now, if I may beg your indulgence, can you put one just a little higher, just, just an inch or so higher? The hunter takes out another arrow, sets up, and thump, we have another arrow in the tree, exactly on its mark, one inch up. And the monk is now laughing and jumping up and down like a child and says, Oh, please, sir, can you do that one more time? Only this time, can you put an arrow below the first one, like two inches below the first one? And obligingly, the hunter goes through his whole routine and thump! We have a third arrow in the tree, two inches underneath the first one. And the monk is unbelievably happy, and he says, My good man, could you put one more? And the hunter says, No, 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 you don't understand. 
I can't keep drawing my bow, putting that much tension on it repeatedly over and over and over again because the tension will snap the bow. The bow has to rest. And to that, the now once again serious monk says, and so it is with prayer and study. We too must rest lest we snap under the tension. Now, these four areas, study, care of the body, personal prayer, and play, they too need to be in the right balance. For example, we need play. We need to go out and have fun. Go play a round of golf. Go play at a softball tournament. Go garden. Whatever it is that seems like play and not work. But do we then sometimes fall into the trap of getting into the habit of playing all the time and neglecting our other duties and responsibilities? Or do we spend so much time studying that we neglect the rest of our Christian calling and service to our neighbors? One well-known 20th century theologian wrote massive, massive books, had speaking tours, and was a lecturer at colleges and universities around the world, was known for spending all of his time studying, so much so that Usually while his wife was upstairs in his home, he was downstairs with his private secretary doing things that only married couples should do. Do we care for our body too much and become the gym rat who goes not once or once a day or once a week or twice a week, but where we go all the time, every day, and we work on the physical physique so much that we can't even carry our luggage across the airport. There's been bodybuilders who've been known to not carry, be able to carry their luggage across the airport because they've worked on their physique, but they've not worked on their cardio. Have your prayers become a smoke screen for inaction? When you're facing needs eye to eye, instead of offering true assistance and giving the person what they need, is it easier just to say, I'll keep you in my prayers and just forget about them later if we ever truly meant and intended to pray for them? This is what Jesus is trying to teach Martha. Her life is out of balance. Here is Jesus, the Messiah, the Lord. Notice he, she does call him Lord in the passage. And he's here in her house. The king is in her house, and she is too worried with lunch, the dishes, the laundry, maybe even what color the living room needs painting. And she's overwhelmed with all of it, and yet fails to recognize that Jesus is right there in her house right there in front of her. We sometimes talk about people being so wrapped up in their jobs that they forget 
how to do their job. Martha is so wrapped up getting ready for Jesus' arrival that she forgets that Jesus is already there. It's now time for Martha to study, to sit at the feet of the teacher, and to learn, and to pray with him. And that is what Jesus is saying back to Martha. I'm here, and Mary has already chosen the better part, the part that is to live and to be alive in me. And that is also what Jesus says to us. Jesus wants us to choose the better part. And that means putting things in right order. Placing all the different commitments and responsibilities that we have into their right place. It's the balance that a rule of life gives us. It is when we learn to put all things, everything, every moment in subjection under Christ that we learn to love Christ more than everything else. And Jesus is calling us to choose the better part. This week, work on your rule of life. It's never too late. Take some time to jot down and see where your life might be in perfect balance and order and where it might be lacking. Here's an easy one to start with. Sunday's obligation is to gather here with fellow believers to worship God, to be fed by this mystical banquet. Jesus calls us here today. Jesus says, come and let me refresh you with my word. Come and let me feed you with my body. Come and talk with me and I with you. Come. And enjoy this life. And choose me. Choose the better part. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.